We thank you as our Home Run Club members for your faithful support of Winning at Home. We continue to grow, to expand, even through this time of COVID. Our office, I was just speaking to uh, the person who receives the calls, the intake person. She was telling me the phone has been ringing off the hook, meaning people are looking for guidance. People are looking for strength. And that's our goal here at Winning at Home, to give people practical, biblical insight, helping them grow in their marriage and family relationship. Thank you for helping us do just that. As we move into the fall, you need to know we're doing what we're going to call Adopt-A-Block downtown Holland. We're going to try to get support for each of the blocks that surround our building down on 16th Street so that the kids, the families in that area can receive guidance and blessing from our counseling services. So just something for you to keep in mind as you choose a place to support this fall. Uh, Look to continue to help us make that mark in our community downtown. So grateful for your support and help in doing that in the past and look forward to that continuing in the future. Uh, Today, I want to share a message with you as we've gone through this time of COVID, this time of social issues in our society, all the ups and downs that you seem to find around you. I want to point you to a solid rock. I want to point you to a view and an opportunity to rise above it all and see the world and see the view that God and Jesus would want us to see. So, I've called this little message The View from 30,000 Feet, and I want to challenge you to just take a moment, listen to this message, and see what it might do in terms of helping you reframe how you think about all the stuff we've been going through on this earth. I love to look at the world the way Jesus views it, and that's part of an attempt in this message to call us to a higher view. So I trust and pray as you listen, uh, the Lord will use this to minister to your spirit, but also call you to that higher level. You know, I was writing down some of the things that's changed in this season. And I want to share a few of those thoughts just as I get started. I was thinking about the fact that six months ago, if you said, I make all my dinners from scratch, people would have been like, oh, you're a little bit old-fashioned. And now, now, you are part of the millennial movement that has given that whole new idea a shot in the arm. Uh, If you had suggested, oh, late night, young family, and you say to your kids, you know, they're five, ten years old, hey, let's watch a movie before bedtime. People would have said, you're so irresponsible. Now, you are a hero. Your family loves you. Things have changed. Uh, If you had said, okay, uh, we're going to have all our dinners around the table, people would have said, unrealistic. You are living a dream. And now I would say to you, it's protocol. It's what we all are doing. And then I wrote this one down. If you sat behind a sewing machine, you would have been called granny. And now you're called a major high-end ranking manufacturer. So things have changed and things do change. And in the middle of that, as we're going to see today, God is the same. And I'm going to call you today to a more solid example and lifestyle in the days ahead. I don't think we're done with the drama that's going to play out in the days ahead. In fact, I personally think it's going to get... Uh, even more mucky. And here's what I want to say about that. This isn't a new idea when it comes to God's Word. Nothing happens on this earth that has not happened and been recorded in God's Word. And such is true with this, though we call it, in our day, we call it a pandemic. I want to tell you what the Bible called it, a plague. It happened throughout Scripture. If you go back to the book of Exodus, probably the most famous one we know is the ten plagues that Pharaoh brought up on Egypt because he would not let the Israelites go. They had been in bondage to Egypt for over 400 years. 
and ten plagues came his way. I want you to think for a second just about that. We've gone through this plague. It's quarantined us. Some of us don't like it. Some of us are living in it. Some of us who like to be alone, this has been a fantasy land. We all take it different ways. But I want you to think about back in that day. Let's, let's say this plague that we're living through right now ends, and then about a week later, we got the plague of frogs. I mean, can you imagine if you pull down your sheets at night where you're finally quarantining in a place of siesta and you pull those sheets back and your bed's covered in frogs? I mean, serious, the Bible has those stories in it. And you say, yeah, but it wasn't as bad. Are you kidding me? Gnats? Locusts? River turning to blood? And you know there were some good Egyptians. I mean, not all Egyptians were bad people. It's just they had a leader who was anti-God. And in Scripture, what we're dealing with isn't unusual. So I'm going to call us today to move from a 500-foot level of talking about this because all of us have opinions. If I, I brought it with me, if I just hold this up and ask those of you who are watching, how do you feel about masks? <laughs> I'm going to get answers all over the board. Some of you are like, yeah, Dan, you should have that on while you're preaching. Well, let me just show you what that would look like. You can't even hardly hear me. That's why I have it off. Some of you um, think this is foolishness, that just breathing it, you're going to kill yourself smelling your own CO2. And so it's all over the board. And you can spend your time at 500 feet arguing, debating about all that. R, R. You can rise to what I call the 30,000-foot view. And you can say to yourself, God, what are you teaching me? What are you wanting me to learn? What would you like me to see through this experience? And to get that thought started, I'm going to take you to this passage of Scripture in Jeremiah. Blessed is the one who trusts in the Lord, whose confidence is found in Him. Let's just start right there. What if in the middle of this coronavirus, COVID-19 movement, we said to ourselves, God, what am I really trusting? We say it. Oh, that first line, oh man, we, we would put that up on our wall at our house. But are you really living there? Do you really have your confidence in that spot? Are you solid in that? It goes on in that verse, as you can see right there, to talk about you're like a tree whose roots go down deep. This is a deepening moment. And I want to tell you, there are some things I hope we have learned through this season. And I want to go over them. I just have five of them. They're very simple. They're things you've already thought of. There's nothing new here. But I want you to allow yourself to start to settle in this place. I'm calling you out to start using your voice as a voice that honors and brings glory to God. And that's what you're going to see in these five little points. Here's the first. It's very simple. As Christians, we are called to be wise stewards of our lives and our tongues. At 500 feet, down in the muck, we can say a lot of things that I honestly don't think Jesus would say. And I want you to see this as a time and a season where you go, you know what? If I don't have something good to say, whether it's about masks or whether it's about how I think some political thing's going, if you can't say something that brings honor to God, don't speak. I know that may be harsh and sound hard, but I want to tell you that's what Jesus did. He is our example, right? 
Jesus living in a time just like us, having leaders he did not always agree with, honored those leaders, and still kept his 30,000-foot view. And that's what I want us to do. Growing up, um, there was this gentleman I knew. I remember probably meeting him 10 or 11 years old. His name was Mr. Nally. Mr. Nally, as I look back, had lots of opinions. He had lots of thoughts. I remember watching him. Let's take a little cluster he was sitting in. and I would see them conversing as adults about some topic. And his eyes would dart. They were piercing. They would dart around the room looking at each person speaking. But he didn't say much. He didn't talk a lot. When he did talk, when he did talk, people would literally go, what, what, what? Because when he spoke, it was wise. And I remember as I aged, got to 20s, I went to him one time. He was getting near his end of his life. And I said to him, Mr. Nally, can I, can I just talk to you a second? Because those of you who know me, uh, I can ramble. <laughs> I can speak really quick. Like I'm whatever Mr. Nally was, I'm the opposite. And so I said to him one day, Mr. Nally, why do you not say a lot? Why do you not? Because you have thoughts and ideas. I can see you do. Why don't you share it? This, is his, this was his answer. Well, first of all, he sat there for a minute. You know, I'm looking for a quick, and he's like, I'm like, come on, dude, say it. And when he spoke, he finally said, I don't need to. I, I let people grow and learn what they need to grow. When I need to speak, I will. But most times, I don't need to say anything. Can I say to you, through this COVID season, and I'm specifically going to say to you, like I told you, I think the water's going to get murky in the days ahead. We will have lots of people arguing about lots of things. And television, news loves to point that out. Those of us who call on the name of Christ need to fly up to 30,000 feet, have our thoughts and ideas, but a lot of times, I'm good. I don't need to say a lot. Be secure right in here. Know who you are down deep. And let me just remind you, your children, your neighbors, your family is watching. If they see you, hold your tongue. And when you do speak, what, what if they lean in? What, what, what are you saying? <laughs> when Jesus spoke, what, everybody be quiet. Pharisees, stop. I want to hear him. Live in such a way that when you do speak, people say, I want to hear what he or she has to say. I hope that we learn that even deeper through this season. The second thing I think we're learning through this season is this. Uh, although we can't fully see it, God is always orchestrating something. He has a plan he's working on. I today, using the Mr. Nally illustration, I'm not going to share my opinion of what that is, but I believe there's something way bigger than we're even talking about or seeing anywhere on the news going on. I believe it's worldwide God's working on something. I really do. If you ask me personally sometime, I'll tell you what I think. But I want you to know, as I look back at the story of Pharaoh, as I looked at that Exodus passage where they had pandemic, right? Plague after plague after plague. What was the bigger story? God was working on freeing his people. Were there consequences to that? Are you kidding me? Are, you guys know the story? I mean, it's amazing what would have happened in Egypt during that time. There would have been lots of loss. 
but there was still a big plan going on. And sometimes we get caught up in the 500-foot muck and we miss the 30,000-foot plan. Don't you dare think that God is in heaven going, oh, oh, there's a pandemic going on? I wasn't aware of that. Are you kidding me? God sees this. He's got it all under control. When we get to heaven someday, I, I think honestly the first, however, there is no time in heaven, right? But I think most of the time we're going, oh, 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 I didn't see that. I can tell you for me personally, those of you who know me closely know that I have been through some great trials in the last few years. And I had some moments in those trials at 500 feet where I'm thinking, well, God, I guess I've served you all these years and you just seem to have chosen to ignore me. No, he had a plan. I can see it better now because I'm post some of that, that stuff. Some of you today are living in a thing that you're going, yeah, well, say all you want to there, Mr. Preacher. God doesn't see me. Yeah, he does. He's got it. There's never anything happens. You say, seriously, Dan? Hmm? Mm-hmm. No one comes into power. No circumstance happens on this earth that God doesn't have a plan he's working on. And usually the plan, look, look, whether you like it or not, <laughs> that's important because most of us like the plan when it jives with what we're wanting. And when it doesn't, it's frustrating. And we accuse God of not understanding us when he might be saying, actually, you don't understand me. And I think COVID is another moment where we pause to say to ourselves, what's God up to? And what's he up to in my individual situation, even going through this experience? So I challenge you, take a look and understand that God's got a bigger thing going on than you can see and submit to his authority today. It's in that place where you will honestly have great peace. I'm actually working with someone who was talking to him this week who's going through some of the stuff I have been through. And it's so interesting because they're exactly where I was. They feel hopeless. They don't want to go on. They're trying to put one foot in front of another. It's the way it is, man. And today, if you're one foot in front of another, I want to remind you at the end of that path, uh, God has a purpose. And if you will dive into him, I always say this, hey, you, time spent with God does not return void. So keep going to him and see what God is up to and submit your life to his bigger plan. Third thing that I think we need to learn through this experience, I hope you are learning, is this. Every circumstance that comes our way is an opportunity to bring glory to the name of the Lord. You say, Dan, what's the difference in that and what you just said? Big difference. Uh, I'm a preacher, right? Uh, you are little preachers yourself. And everything that you do, you're exemplifying and glorifying God, glorifying God. When this thing started, I remember sitting in my office and doing what number two is about, saying, God, what's you up to here? What's going on? What's the bigger thing I'm not seeing? And this is the one thing I kept sensing and feeling in my spirit, this is your chance, Dan, to say my name out loud. Like, honor me. There will be people who will listen to my name through this season that don't listen to me otherwise. They're open to it. It's like this. I've been a pastor for many years, and one of the things I love to do, I've always loved going to the hospital. I, I don't know, maybe I'm weird, but I love to go there. Let me tell you one reason why. I have never gone to the hospital and said to someone, no matter who they are, hey, can I pray for you? And they go, no, no. <laughs> In a hospital, yeah. 
Because when we're at a place of need, we are willing to consider, even if we are anti-God, we're willing to go, yeah, well, you know, roll the dice. Maybe he is there. And in this season, there's a lot of people rolling the dice. And they're saying, maybe I need to consider there is a bigger purpose to my life than just me. And I want you to say his name boldly, beautifully, bring it out. Let me also hasten to add that's why it's so wise for you as a Christian to make sure your post honor God. <laughs> I got to tell you one of my most disappointing things through this season is to watch some of the things that are said. I, I don't actually look at Facebook, all that, I don't do that, but people around me do, and they'll tell me a post or share something with me. I'll have that happen at the office. I'll have that happen at home. Hey, Dan, so-and-so said this. And I would go, really? They put, that on, they put that out there? Can I just say to you as a Christian, make sure your posts match your faith walk. Make sure that people who read what you type <laughs> on the screen that they're reading, make sure that matches what God's Word would want you to say. I don't think Jesus would have ever posted anything that God the Father in heaven would have said, Really, Jesus? Really? No, Jesus didn't choose to live in the 500-foot muck. And today, I told you I have one goal today. Get you out of the muck to 30,000 feet. Grace family and beyond, that's what we got to do. This is an opportunity for people to hear the name of Christ. And when it comes out of your mouth, make sure your lifestyle is matching it. Number four, the fourth thing I want to share with you is this. Um, we all realize through this season just how much of a rat race we've lived in. So if I had come to you six months ago and said to you, hey, listen, guys, I, 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 I can't give you all the details, but there's going to come something in the next few days where there's this big pause button going to be pushed. And when it, when it gets pushed, it's not just going to be in our little local town. It's not going to be Highland Zealand area. The whole world is going to change. The whole world is going on a, a temporary shutdown. We would have said, what, what, what could do that? Oh, is there going to be a third world war? I mean, it would have taken that kind of thought to think this could happen. And here we sit. Um, things are going to be different. We will adapt. We will adjust. That's what we do. But I want to ask you a question through this season. Have you identified in your life some places where you just run on the rat race wheel for no reason? I want to speak to you at that spot. I want to ask you to consider, make sure post this pandemic, post this plague, you don't go right back to the rat race. Look at your life and say, that's going to be different from now. I'm not doing that anymore. Clean some areas of your life up. You've been given the opportunity. Let me real quick say something here. Some of you have not had this same experience. You're frontline workers. You are at the gas station. You are at the grocery store. You're at the hospital. Uh, our hats are off to you. You've been doubling down. When you hear these kind of sermons or hear us talk about it, you're probably thinking in your mind, really? My life's been just the opposite, and we need to pause and acknowledge you because you've been through a lot, and you've handled a lot of things most of us have not had to handle. Our office is open because we provide mental health but it's different than it was. And so I acknowledge those of you who have been doing that, and I pause actually to pray over you because we're not done with this yet. And I want you to know we see you, and even in this message, not ignoring you at all, 
but I'm preaching a message. Hopefully it's encouraging you to raise yourself to a new level as well, but I do want to pray God's care over you. So God, I do ask for that right now. Those who have been serving so faithfully and provide all the sources and services we're still needing. Thank you for that group of individuals, men and women, teens. I pray your grace and protection over them, uh, your peace over them, and your protection over them, Lord. We pray that you would keep them from harm, from this plague, and that you would uh, heal our land, but just put your angels of protection around them, we ask, and we pray that in Jesus' name. So I want to, not just as a throw-in, I want you to know I acknowledge what you're doing. And then I want to remind you, we will go back to somewhat of a rat race. Make sure you don't get back on the wheel. Ask yourself, what am I going to do to keep that from happening? And then finally, the one thing I'm telling you I'm really learning, I didn't read the whole passage to you at the beginning, so I'm going to do it now. The one thing that's happened for me is um, I have a better understanding of Bible passages. I got to tell you, I went and read, starting in Exodus chapter 7. If you'd like to read the whole story of the plagues, it's a crazy story. It's an unreal story of God's plan and purpose through that. But I got to tell you, the words jump off the page a lot more than they used to. When I read the same passage I read six months ago, I go, wow, there's more in that. For example, today, I started by reading to you Jeremiah chapter 17, and now I actually want to read, in closing, the whole passage. And I want you to notice how these words minister at a level they did not minister six months ago. No, they were there. It's just your circumstances changed, and so now it makes more sense. So listen to this. Blessed is the one. I'm going to read it like it is up on the screen because I have the NIV here. Blessed is the one who trusts in the Lord, whose confidence is in Him. They will be like a tree planted by the water that sends out its roots by the stream. It does not fear when the heat comes, its leaves are always green. It has no worries in a year of drought. And it never fails to bear fruit. I challenge you today, make sure that you're bearing fruit. Let people see the love and the joy of Christ in you. I'm calling you to 30,000 feet. I hope you don't go back down in the muck. Let's stay high. Let's fly high, and let's bring honor to the Lord who is aware of COVID-19. And I challenge you, let's move that bar high and make sure our words bring glory to Him. Let's be more solid is what I'm saying. Bless you. Thank you for allowing me to share. So as we close out our time with you, I pray that the Lord will continue to call you to that place of seeing things from His view. Uh, not allowing the muck of this world to mess you up. It's out there, man. It's available for our kids, for us. Rise above it. Get up to where Christ wants you to see his view, his perspective, because it really does change things. So I trust that's happening for you. I pray as we come into this fall and go into, uh, even as we near the end of the year, that you will continue to rise above all the things that might happen politically, uh, socially, etc. Rise above so that you can see it from Christ's view. Something that will help us, I believe, in our families through this season. Bless you. Thank you again for what you do to support us, and may God give you a good rest of this day and this month as you walk with Him.